0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Sessions with Sid. I'm Sid, your host. Thanks for joining me for another episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode the second episode of the new and fresh season of Sessions with Sid. I'm so excited to be back. Today's episode is so good. Before I get into it though, I want to mention again, as I mentioned in the previous podcast episode, I am taking one-on-one clients right now. If you don't know, I am a licensed mental health therapist and coach And I have a one-on-one container where you can work with me for a month at a time. This is also very flexible, so when you work with me one-on-one in my container, you receive four sessions, and you can use those sessions whenever you would like. Depending on the client and what they are coming to me for, some clients like to see me for a month, so one session every week, and some clients like to space it out. And that's what's really beautiful about my work with clients is I co-create with you to what you would like and what you are feeling called to. So if you would like to work with me, I have a link in the show notes to schedule a free consult call to just chat with me, see if working together is a match, to ask any questions, You would like, and I give you my spiel on how it works to work with me. I am so passionate about the work I do. I'm sure that shines through these episodes. At least I hope it does. And I can't wait to work with the wonderful souls who are ready to shift their mental health fast and open up their intuitive gifts. If you have any questions about that, you can always message me on Instagram, which is always in the show notes. And yeah, let's get into the episode. So today is all about dissociation. And what's really cool about today's episode is it's not just me talking about dissociation, but one of my coaching clients agreed to come on the podcast to discuss her experience with dissociation and how... I guided her in session to healing a part of herself that was still dissociated from the past. So if this appeals to you, then you're going to love this episode and let's just get into it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Sessions with Sid podcast. I'm really excited to be back again for the second episode of my new season. Today I'm bringing you what I feel is a special episode because I have one of my clients on with me today who is willing to share some of her experience and what she's working on with me so that we can have this co-creative conversation about something that I work deeply on with clients, which is dissociation and trauma. So today I have Jess on the podcast. Hi, Jess. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Good. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to add to, you know, why you're here today having this conversation with me?
1: No, I mean, I guess I can kind of chime in about A little bit more about like what I was experiencing when I came to you, if if that would be helpful. Ah, that'd be great. Okay, so I've I'm pretty familiar with the inner work in terms of self healing. I've had a lot of practice with that, and and both my my own practices, but also working with um, mentors. But I, in doing that, I had uncovered years ago that. I, when I was little, I always felt kind of numb to life and really to my own emotions. But it was especially apparent when I would be in an experience in my life that should be like really fun or exciting or just filled with emotion. And I would notice this kind of numbing feeling when I was in those experiences, I think because my mind told me you should be feeling a lot. And I didn't really feel that much at all. So like I said, I really realized this only a couple of years ago. And I think I always knew that there would be a point in time where I felt called to dig in. And I worked with like different intuitives and mediums and it was always the same guidance that when it was time for me to know that it would be made clear. And so actually a couple of weeks ago I was at my sister's wedding and I think I had really gotten to the point where I thought, Oh, this isn't an issue for me anymore. It was just something I experienced in childhood, but I actually found myself most of the weekend, just feeling like I wasn't fully there. And I always, I always thought that part of the reason why I experienced this when I was younger was that I just had a hard time being present. My mind was really, really loud. Um, but I was doing all of my like standard practices and really getting into my body and being present the entire weekend. And I still just could not really break this wall, this fog that was like keeping me from from feeling and from like really being there. And so that was when that was kind of my sign of like, okay, this, this is the time. Like this is when my higher self is like really, um, calling me to, to look deeper into this and kind of peel back what's there. And so that was when I was like, okay, I need to, need to reach out to someone.
0: Yeah. Thank you for giving everyone an idea of what we were starting with and kind of what prompted you to go deeper into this and, I want to first start with what dissociation is, because I don't know if everyone quite has a grasp on it, and I'm not saying I'm the expert in the definition of it, but dissociation is essentially when we have an experience of almost completely cutting off consciousness or presence to what is going on and there are degrees to that and this is a trauma response and it's meant as a protective mechanism so we do this to protect ourselves from experiencing painful experiences from you know sometimes from even remembering them if if they're that traumatic and so this happens in situations where we might feel unsafe where severe trauma is occurring, where our brains and bodies don't want us to remember the details of what is going on when, you know, we're in fight or flight. And so there are all these different ways that this can occur. And, you know, along the spectrum, you kind of have maybe dissociating a little bit while you're having a conversation with someone, which is pretty low severity dissociation, right? You're just kind of like you space out. And then there's sort of the more extreme end of the spectrum of like, I've worked with clients who have multiple personalities, what is now called dissociative identity disorder, where they have distinct personalities that are sometimes completely unaware of each other and sometimes aware of each other. And again, that's kind of dependent on the severity. And my view of dissociation is that different parts of ourselves become kind of scattered or fragmented. And I use the word fragmented in a not victim mindset type of way but they kind of get scattered. And I kind of think of this as like the Harry Potter metaphor where Voldemort has put pieces of himself in different Horcruxes and they're kind of all over the world, right? Um, and so the work that I do with clients is really to like integrate and find those pieces from whether it's in childhood, sometime you know later in life, or closer to the present, or maybe even from past lives. And so really helping clients like integrate those parts that have maybe become lost, so to speak back into the present. And so one of the things that we did together was take a look at, and and if you're new here, I'm an intuitive therapist. So I very much use my intuition and the messages that I'm receiving to help clients in session. And that's, what's really cool about the work that I do and why I love it so much, because it's like a kind of scavenger hunt, if you will. So in session with Jess, we were kind of in the scavenger hunt of looking at where this dissociation might be coming from. And I'm wondering just if you would like to speak to a little bit about your experience with this scavenger hunt we did and sort of speak to where you were sensing things were coming from or anything along those lines, if if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. So it's actually interesting because I, I am very intuitive. And so I had always had like these little pieces to the puzzle, if you will. And I, I had this strong sense that they were connected and I just didn't know how I would have these, like just small little flashes of, of memory, just like being at the park and, um, of conversation with my mom, these like really tiny little short flashes, but, um, it wasn't until we, we got into this session, that I started to see how they all threaded together. Um, and it, it really was like a scavenger hunt because I started with those kind of pieces. And then as we started talking, more memories were coming up to the surface and those would kind of fill in the gaps. And it started like this, this puzzle that was all these different pieces kind of slowly started coming together. And one thing that I think is important to point out, and maybe you can share your view on this, but I, for whatever reason, (laughs) I've always, (laughs) as I'm saying this, I'm like, I've always been a bit dramatic. I've always thought that like, when I was little, I always thought I was going to die like really young. And when I was little, I always thought something really bad was going to happen to me that I was going to get kidnapped or, um, like dying a fire, like I always had these like really um, bizarre, <laughs> uh, but also false like senses of what was going to happen to me, and when I started realizing during the, the when I started getting into inner work and I started realizing that I think there's something from my childhood that I was kind of blacking out. I thought that it was something that was like big T trauma like something that my mind was blocking out that I, that when I recovered it, it would be really traumatic for me. Mm. And I think that was really what pushed me to work with someone who had the therapist background. Um, And it was interesting because the clarity that actually came fourth. Like when it came up, I almost was laughing. So I was like, this is so silly.
0: Yeah. And I love that you brought that up because I think there is this misconception that like, there has to be this severely traumatic event that happens for us to dissociate or to have these traumatic responses, but it could be one thing that your mom said when you were five and it might've been out of love, but it was traumatic for you because everything's energy. And I feel like in the same way we talk about like activation, when someone's activating you in a high frequency way, I feel that we can also be activated in a lower frequency sort of like traumatic quote unquote way. And it sticks with us for the rest of our lives. And then you know, we don't realize the impact it's having on us. And so I love that you brought that up because it doesn't have to be this like big event that you remember. And, you know, it really can be those, uh, I don't want to call them smaller moments because they're significant, but the sort of little or T traumas. So yeah, thank you for bringing that up and kind of going off what you said. So like you know, we had, we were doing this scavenger hunt and we had all these pieces. And then what was really beautiful is like, it was this co-creative process. And and that's what it is for me with my clients. It's not like I'm the all-knowing therapist. It's like, we are piecing things together. And so between the two of us, we were able to locate a, a pretty specific memory. And it's not always just one, but it can be just one moment in time. But we were able to locate kind of a specific time um, of you, kind of at the park, and so we went back. I guided you into going back to meeting that part that was sort of stuck there and in, in that moment um, to to speak to it. And so I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about your experience, like in that. Um, sort of meditation.
1: Yeah. So the meditation was, I think where the pieces really started to come together because again, like I, I really had it in me somewhere that something, something I want to say like really bad, like big T trauma happened. And it was because my mind was kind of um, my mind was Predicting, I guess, based on the little puzzle pieces. So, th- some of the little puzzle pieces were I felt like there was a male influence involved. Um, and more recently, like I I knew that the park was involved. And then um, this, like a dissociation, feeling them in my body. Um, and so, like, all these puzzle pieces were kind of floating around. And so, for me, like, I think my like human emotional self. When I heard male is involved, like I thought, I thought the worst. Um, And when we started going into the meditation, I started feeling that male presence, but it wasn't in the scary way that I thought. And it actually, it activated this remembrance within me that I, I have received before. And I just didn't really pay attention to it of this I think the only babysitter I ever had that was male, there was only one of them. There was only one guy. And when, when we started going in the meditation, I, I felt male energy and I very much, I knew it was him. Um, and it wasn't in this, he did something bad way. It was in this very loving way. And I started piecing together like, oh, wow, this pretty clear memory of being at the park with him um, and my sister and. There's kind of this core wound for me uh, um, with within my family about just feeling, and I feel like a lot of people with siblings probably feel this or something similar—a feeling like this: your sister is the favorite, or your brother is the favorite, or whatever it is that you know. If, if you have a different relationship with your parent than your sibling does, which everyone does, it's easy to kind of feel like you're getting the short end of the stick, or your parent likes them better, or whatever it is. And I very much felt like that when I was younger and some things had happened when I got older that kind of I was like oh shit is (laughs) do my parents actually like my sister better um but it started like kind of coming the picture started getting more clear when I had this vision of being at the park and intuitively like I felt it was one of the first times that it was someone who was older who favored me because my sister is younger than me and she I've always been the athlete I have a an athletic build and my sister was really small she was short and she's really petite and she was like always very shy when she was little and I was not and so usually people would be making sure that she's okay and I think when I when I started seeing this vision of having this older person that actually favored me like it really um activated something within me and i think v- receiving this i'll just say like favoritism um from this babysitter really it, i think it changed a lot for me it kind of activated this part of me that sought after male attention Um, to feel like I was good enough and enough and worthy and all of that. But then it also really, I think it activated this contrast about how I felt like I was treated by my own mom. And then it really kind of like set this story of my sister is the favorite in my family. And so I have to go look for other people who think that I'm their favorite. And that was that was with friends. Like that was definitely with with friends. I always wanted to be their favorite. And if it fe- if it felt like I wasn't their best friend, their favorite friend, then like that would cause issues for me with with boyfriends, like with with male friends in general. Like I always wanted to be the one that was their favorite person ever. <laughs> and so it really like yeah, it getting to that root memory. I thought it was going to be something that was so much bigger and and deeper, but it really, it was deep because I think it was this profound moment for me that, that ended up changing a lot.
0: Yeah. And I mean, thank you for sharing all that. I think even hearing it again, it's really powerful to hear how, you know, it really is like, it, it can be a moment in childhood or a person who is so impactful on us. And again, it doesn't have to be in a bad way as we discovered. It wasn't, you know, when people think when you say male babysitter and that's it, what do people think, right? It's like people are going to go where they're going to go, but it's not always, it's not always a quote, bad thing. And then you, you sort of carry this, new story with you. Like, Oh, well I have to be everyone's favorite and I need, I need people who validate that. Right. And so maybe we can kind of tie it together with sort of the, the weekend that happened recently and how that, how you saw that work we did in the meditation, like really integrate with that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think it started becoming clear, like after the meditation, how much I really there were many different ways throughout my life that I that that voice kind of came up of oh, my my parents favorite my sister. They they favor my sister, especially my mom. There was always like, I'll just say it like pretty point blank, like pretty directly um, I always felt like it was very much that my, my sister's my mom's favorite. And I think even more recently in the last couple of years, I'm a lot more self-aware about all this and how I'm feeling and what I'm thinking. But, um, my, my mom and my sister have a very special relationship. They're literally best friends. And that's just not, not the relationship that I choose to have. Um, and I I've come to a place of acceptance, but it was, you know, throughout Throughout my life, it's been these many different aspects where it's just kind of the voice pops up Oh, they're favoring my sister again. Oh, this is happening again. And I never really paid attention to it. And so I think when after we went through the meditation, and I started realizing all this, it started becoming more clear. I started to see where, in and a, a lot of this was you kind of reflecting back to me where I go to my sister's wedding where my parents have helped her pay for it. And the entire weekend was really about her. Um, and we all, you know, we were all bending our backs for her. We wanted her to have the best weekend ever, um, and to really like celebrate her and cherish her. But that little wounded part of me that still carry that story, was very much triggered and, you know, activated. And I didn't, I, it, it manifested as feeling numb and not feeling fully present and being like, what's going on. But I think that's ultimately I realized,
0: Oh, like that really came up this weekend. Yeah. And it was super powerful to witness your process in session as well and connecting those together. And again, what I love about my sessions with clients is it is that very collaborative, co-creative thing. So it's not like, Oh, I did it right. It's like you did it. Um, and we did it together. And so I just, I, I loved being part of that with you. Um, and, you know, thank you for letting me witness that and be part of it. And I'm curious, you know, since, you know, that particular session where we did that, how, if you wouldn't mind speaking to how it's been for you having what I call like maybe recovering a part of you that was not integrated with the rest of your whole
1: Yeah, I think to be honest I'm there's a part of me that's waiting for a moment where there's like my family's all together or that a moment where it would really come to light but i i do have to say i think i i guess there hasn't been a moment where i've had the oh look they're favoring her so so that's good and it's it doesn't happen all the time but i think the biggest thing that i've kind of reclaimed as of now is feeling good about the weekend like i had i know i had such a special weekend but A big part of me, when I came home, was really sad. Really felt like I couldn't, I couldn't fully feel and experience it. Like I was there, and I was, I was trying to be there. I just, it felt like a wall. Like it felt almost like I was outside of a bubble, trying to look in, and I could see everything happening. And I was, I was dancing on the outside of the bubble with everyone dancing in there. But, and I think I had some moments of feeling more lucid. Um, but I think that's kind of the biggest thing that I've reclaimed at this point is just A, feeling like, okay, there's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> and B, just like really reconciling how I felt about the weekend. Because it is, I mean, that's one of the most important weekends of of my life, and my family's life. And so I I didn't even realize that was one of my intentions before booking with you, but was like just feeling better about it, like feeling at at peace with it. I'm
0: so happy to hear that. And it's really powerful to hear this word, like reclaimed, like you had a reclamation of, of an experience that, you know, you were concerned about and that's, and rightfully so, right. It's like whenever, I mean, dissociation, you described it perfectly. It's this feeling of I'm an observer. I'm I'm, you know, kind of floating above what's happening. I'm not really there. And it's a very unsettling experience and quite scary. Um, like you said, it's like that feeling of, I really want to be present, but I can't, I can't quite be there. And, you know, I want to validate of course, for you and anyone who's listening who has had or is having dissociative experiences, there's nothing wrong with you. It's truly a protective mechanism from your brain and body. And a lot of times it can be quote misplaced when it's, there's not really a threat happening uh, or a, a severe. And again, I'm not belittling the process of dissociating because like we said, it doesn't have to be this like big traumatic thing. But sometimes like with panic attacks, when there's not a true threat of safety, it's in a way it's misplaced, but it's also information. And so I want, you know, to validate that for you and anyone who is listening. And I feel really passionate about like helping people to really integrate those parts back in because like you have... Expressed, it's really powerful when you do, and you may not have this like moment of like, okay, everything is fixed. But it's like you said, when you get back into those moments where you might be might potentially have been triggered and, and you're not or you're noticing a different reaction, that's where the healing is. And that's where you see that happening. Yeah, that
1: definitely makes sense. And I, I think I've I've also just realized as as we're talking that I think. At the very least, it's activated this new level of self awareness where I kind of know a little bit like the deeper root of this kind of like, that's the thing I've never really known how to describe how, how I feel about the dynamic with my mom and my sister. Um, And as I've, as I've started doing the healing work years ago, I was like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like a victim, but there's, there's something here that I also don't want to ignore and just shift out of because I don't want to be a victim. Um, And so I think that there's like this new level of self-awareness, if that makes sense, where I'm feeling like a little bit more empowered now when I, do if, if the voice were to come back where it's like, see, they're favoring her. Like I can really hold myself through that and like uh, allow myself to see it as a wound. Cause I don't think I ever really, there's a lot of, a lot of work I've done with, with inner wounds, but for some reason this, I was never really able to get to the root of it. So I never really held myself. It was kind of like, okay, like grow up, don't be a victim. And so, um, yeah, that's been really powerful too.
0: Yeah. And I think, again, this word wound, we associate with like, oh, this is victimy, but it's like, no, it's, it's the way we look at the wound that can be victimy or not. And if something is a wound, it's a wound, right? It's like, well, if I have a a scab on my arm, well, that's a bad scab. It's like, no, it's just, it just is a wound. and recognizing where we have those wounds is really powerful because that means we can heal them. And so I'm I'm so honored that we got to do that, that work together and that you're really seeing some of the impacts of that. Before we wrap up, is there anything else that you feel called to share about your experience or anything like that? I guess I would just say
1: You know, something else that came up as we were talking is just when you were kind of talking about the spectrum of how disassociation can show up for people, it made me realize when I was little, my parents, but especially my mom, would always say, like, Earth to Jess, like, you're you're never really here. And I felt a lot of shame for that. And I think I also kind of felt a lot of shame for not being present because it felt like a choice. Even after the weekend, like I think I had a lot of like mixed emotions about it and I I just wanted to reconcile how I felt about it because I think there was some shame in there about like, I I should be fully present. Why am I not? Like, what am I doing wrong? Um, And so, yeah, I just wanted to,
0: to share that as well. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that. I definitely resonate with that too. Like, I feel like you and I have a lot of similarities in, in a lot of things. And when you said that, it reminded me that that would also happen to me too. And again, I think there's that protective element of there was something maybe not feeling safe to your inner child or adult, whatever time it was to be fully present. And I think a lot of people will probably resonate with that of, wow, I'm not fully here. And becoming aware of that in and of itself is powerful. And then the magic is like how we went even deeper into the specifics of like where that might stem from. And of course it could be all kinds of places, but we happen to pick one really significant one and peel back that layer. And I think too, just to validate, like I said, dissociation is on a spectrum. And so even just checking out with Netflix is a form of dissociation, like, and that it's not a bad thing. It's, it's when it becomes interfering when it's interfering on functioning or when it's really hindering our lives and only we really know what that feels like. Um, I hesitate to even say that because I think sometimes we don't, but, but that awareness is really key to start shifting that. So hopefully that made sense.
1: Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And I think for me, um, I think, like, giving myself the permission for, for a while, like I said, I, I really focused on addressing it in the, in the way I knew how and with the tools that I knew of, um, and I think at a certain point when I realized, like, oh, this isn't going away, I am really proud of myself for just having... The love and also the awareness of like, oh, maybe, maybe someone can help me with this. Like I, I, nothing, like nothing's wrong with me. And like, I, I think that this can be fixed. So, um, yeah, very glad
0: I did that. Yeah, absolutely. And I was wondering too, before we close, you had mentioned something to me that was really powerful, which is that you, you know, you're obviously intuitive and really powerful and I mean, we all are, but there's something really powerful about having a container held for you in order to do that work. Because we can only do so much for ourselves. Like we can, we are our own healers, but there's something next level about that container being held. So I wonder if you could speak to that for a moment, because you had mentioned that to me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I, I'm led through a lot of different healing methods and whatnot from my own spirit guides and what I'm called to intuitively. But I think what I've learned is that when you're guiding yourself, it's kind of like you're walking outside versus being pulled forward on a treadmill, if you will. Um it's the same thing, you know, a lot of people can meditate on their own, but it's a difference between meditating on your own and having a guided meditation. Like it you There's this like relaxed energy and this like energy of surrender when someone is leading you through it and you're not having to think, oh, okay, how, and how should I think about this? Or how should I, how should I prop myself next? Someone's really guiding you through it. Even just the meditation part, like having someone guide you through that. But then also I think equally as important is having someone reflect back to you because I, I never really tried to give myself a full session, if you will, like on my own. But I did try to look into what was there. Um, but the mind is really powerful, and again, like my my mind was very stuck on this was something really serious. So I was already missing the mark. Like I was already not really available to receive information that wasn't that. Um, and so when you have someone there that's this clean slate, if you will, they're outside of you. There's another party and they can just reflect back what you shared, what's conscious to you, but you're not connecting the puzzle pieces. It's just a lot. So offer yourself to walk yourself through it, to be able to put, you know, piece together the puzzle pieces. It's it's a lot. And I, I really don't know if I would have gotten there on my own. I I probably, I maybe would have, there could have been, you know, this moment of full clarity, but it, it's having being in that energy of a container that really just like pulls things together like really quickly. I mean, we we got through all that
0: in one session, you know? So yeah, really powerful. Yeah, it it really is. And like thank you for speaking on that because it is there's something really like there's something really beautiful and powerful about letting someone really hold that container for you. And like we talked about like receiving and just like receiving that. And the image I got when you were talking is like you have a bunch of grocery bags and you're like trying to, you're like trying to hold them all on all your arms and stuff. And it's like, yeah, could you do it by yourself? Yeah. Eventually you could get in the house with all those, but like what if someone was just able to take a few of them and like carry them in with you, it would be so much more efficient. It would be easier on you. You would get there quicker. Like it's just all these things. And so um, thank you for speaking on that. But I've really loved having you on and sharing your experience. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on here and and to share. And is there anything remaining that feels like it would complete things for you or how are you feeling pretty complete with everything?
1: No, I'm feeling complete. Thank you so much for
0: having me on. I hope that it's helpful for everyone. Yeah, I'm sure it will be. And Thank you so much for coming on.